So today we're talking about sustainability. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, which I mean, speaking of which, we've been we've taken a break from podcasting to I don't want to say recover because that's not the right word, but to recalibrate <laughs> after we launched the first public iterations of Backbone. I came to Ontario. It was, oh, I'm trying to think of like one word to describe it. Amazing. I will say amazing. I know that word is overused, but I mean it in the actual <laughs> initial sort of meeting, which is like, I was literally amazed in awe of how things went, how fun it was, how much I enjoyed working with you, um, yeah. how much I enjoyed the people who showed up for the workshops and for us throughout the whole experience and the level of community support. All of that was amazing. That's my one word to describe it. What about you? Ooh. Okay. So since you stole amazing, <laughs> I think I was, was I surprised Surprised a good enough word? Who cares? I was surprised. I mean, after our first one in Toronto at Praise, and it was just so intimate. So we had five or six folks, but we were in this really cozy, speakeasy, dungeony, like classic, classy feeling, you know, velvet curtain, ah, like dim lights. And we just, it just, we just murdered it. We murdered it. And the intimacy that we, that we were allowed to have with our folks who showed up was wild. So that was surprising. The feedback that we got was surprising. Um, and then King Carden was amazing. It was a large space. It was a big room. It was like a different feel same information and it was it was surprising how very different it could feel just in the different spaces with the different people from the different cities I was surprised I was surprised at how well you and I worked together which that was the hope that was the dream but I I was like really like is it really this easy you don't know until you try I guess it can yeah. theoretically we thought it would work, but sometimes plans don't survive first contact with reality in life. So it's always important, does it? And yeah, everything went so well, which I think kind of bled into our next week's so talking about um, being delusional about how good things could be, how well it will go. Maybe we could do a whole podcast on our new mantra of be delusional. Um, Delusion. But I think yes. be, because we were so surprised how well it went, I think it sometimes shows how much you can... I want to say not believing in yourself because I believe in both of us wholeheartedly, but sometimes yeah. you can underestimate how powerful something is, how well something could go to the point that sometimes we need to say, we say, we've been saying to each other, like, let's be delusional. Like what's the best possible outcome? Cause naturally like we'll go to like, well, I want to put some caveats. Maybe it won't be as, you know, we think it's amazing and like going to change the world, but maybe not everybody will think that maybe it won't actually be that maybe we're dreaming too big. And I think, the inverse that is now be delusional. So dream, dream way too big. And like, you'll probably land somewhere closer to what the reality is of the situation if you're more delusional. So um, that was a good lesson in mm -hmm. um, not selling yourself or your projects or things that you were dreaming of short. Yeah. It definitely exceeded our expectations. 100%.
So I will speak for myself here and how I feel after this experience of traveling and delivering the workshops and marketing it. Um, I just needed to crash for a little while. Lesson learned, I did not schedule myself a lot of time off. I was working while I was in Ontario um, on other projects. Um, didn't give myself as much time off as I probably needed. I, I was like, oh, a day. I should be good to go. Um, not so much. Um, didn't have a ton of time off. Got right back into it. And I felt, um, yeah, just that we had gone into a season like the off season because I always overuse the analogy of like not every day can be the playoffs that was the playoffs and now I'm in like off season energy kind of coming back around to like getting ready to go back to like spring training <laughs> if I'm continuing to use analogies of sports that I'm not qualified to use so I'll aim to use as many sports analogies as possible today because I don't know anything about them um but that's how I was feeling how did it leave you feeling after we you dropped me at the airport and I took off. Oh, yeah. I I crashed. Like I, I came in for a crash landing and I had prepared. I, I was like, I know this is going to be bad. I Not bad, but I know this is going to be a lot to come down off of. I usually coach on Tuesdays. And I remember I had, um, you know, I had rescheduled all of my folks early, early on in the process, knowing, okay, we're going to take this Tuesday off. I think I probably did the same thing where I was like, I'll take a day off. (laughs) And the thing that I don't think we, um, calibrated, if that's like the right word, if we, it was our family and our partners and what sort of being away tending to this, like, for me, it feels like a second child, um, tending to the second child, being away for two weekends in a row on the back of doing a lot of traveling, flying beforehand, my humans were like both not pleased with me, you know, the smallest one and my son, he was like very clingy and I just needed to rest and like have space still, but I'd been away so much. And then my husband, my partner, was kind of just disillusioned and like, you can't do this again. Like you can't, not not the workshop, but like you just can't be away from the, the household for so long. And to clarify, I was gone like flying for every week. I was gone for like four days. So for the month of February, I was gone a lot. So he's not just talking about like, don't leave for a weekend. I was like, I was, I was gone, gone. Yeah. And so it was like, I kind of came home. I physically crash landed my, I was tired. I was like mentally exhausted. I was like, kind of like the tired. That's also mean, you know, like I was like, Mm. uh, um, so it was really messy. It was really messy. And I feel like I'm just kind of swinging back out of it, finding some balance and yeah, I needed to last week. That was kind of the pinnacle. I crashed the side of my, my side view mirror. I just like nicked it off, um, going down young street, um, not nicked it off, but like nicked it in and <sighs> that kind of snowballed everything. So we're, we're, we're getting more balanced and connected and, and saying no to more stuff right now. All right. 
Well, that leads us perfectly into the topic that we're going to talk about today. Uh, and I get to be like interviewer because I have some questions that you haven't seen actually, because right. I made them up a few minutes before this uh, in between meetings. So that, cause that didn't believe to fit things in. Um, so I'd love to know from you, what does sustainability mean to you? Sustainability is something that I can do, add into my life that doesn't feel like more work. Something that I can, I can see, I can put through my body. Like I can be like, oh, if I have to work out once or twice a week or go down to the gym, for example, like that, I actually am like, I don't know how am I going to do that? Blah, blah, blah. But if I think about, oh, can you do a few kettlebell swings between putting your clothes on every other day? I put that through my body and I'm like, yeah, I can do that. My body tells me what's sustainable. So it's, can I do it long-term? Can I do it long-term? Can I add it in and do it long-term? That's sustainability. I think, so when I think about, I just kind of think about it first, like the environmental social justice term, which is means like you can sustain your needs or resources that you need right now without compromising future generations from being able to meet their own needs. And so I think if you think about that in terms of like our life, can I meet or, or improve, you know, my resources now, but without compromising what I'm going to need in the future. So I think that might be like, can I maintain this capacity to meet the demands that are being placed on me, the stressors that are acting on me in a certain day without compromising or destroying myself tomorrow or yes. maybe a year from now. Um, and I think like uh, this is probably a topic that requires more unpacking, but um, as someone with long, long undiagnosed ADHD uh, now just, learning how to work with my brain, you know, often the analogy is used is that you have a Ferrari brain with bicycle brakes. I think like in the context of neurodiversity, we also to ask like, what is sustainable if you have a Ferrari that can't break? Because yeah. it's not the same as maybe other people and what sustainability means for them, because my capacity for certain things is more and other things much less. So yes. for me, it's about like training my breaks um and like what that looks like right now is like literally stopping every hour and doing 10 minutes of movement and that might be like often it's things from the backbone toolkit sometimes it's like 10 minutes of lightweights and yoga and cycling just like you like fitting in those little pieces of movement as a way to kind of train the breaks because for me like it's not about like what people used to tell me because I have undiagnosed ADHD underline that again would be that people would say, Oh, you need to be more organized. Like if you were more organized or if you were just better at managing projects, like you'd be able to finish things or you wouldn't get yourself so like, you know, over the axle about certain things. The reality was like managing time better. Like time to me is either now or not now. So that's why I think sustainability is so personal and it has to be that kind of like how can I what's my capacity to meet my current requirements to yes. move through life and then how can I maintain or increase that in the yes. future and not compromise the future yeah. um so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it right now yeah I just googled the definition of sustainability and it's exactly what you said 
the ability, sustainability is a noun, the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level. Do you think that your sort of your experience with sustainability, how you understand it, have changed over time? <gasps> oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh. I would say adding in and unpacking, understanding, getting inside of the aspect of sustainability is one of the things that has, I wouldn't say cured me, that's very strong language. I would say been a great addition to this limiting belief of not being good enough. Because I don't, like, it doesn't really come up for me a lot in my life, but it is something that is, is like, has deep, deep seeds down in me. I'm like, not being a good enough wife, not being a good enough mother, not being good enough at my job, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And understanding I only have capacity for so much. And some of the things that I felt like I wasn't good enough or like exercise, eating, quote unquote, healthy. It's just like, that's not sustainable. What the health and fitness world is asking of me is not sustainable for the kind of energy and life and mental capacity that I have. It's like what is actually able to fit into our life for the long term. I could do every single day, I think is often not a question we ask ourselves because I think what's sold to us is often like, if you just hustle harder or wanted it more, then maybe you could sustain this level of work or workouts or whatever, like, the thing is of the day we're sold, like if you just had a little bit more willpower or you just tried a little harder, um, you'd be able to have these amazing results, which in fact, you know, maybe you could get them for a short term, but it's not actually something that you could actually sustain through your life. Um, I think the same thing with like what my understanding of sustainability, especially as it relates to like stress, is that like we get read these self-help books that are like being stress stress-free. If you're listening to this, you cannot see what I'm doing with my hands. So stress-free is in air quotes, um, because I think that's what the goal is, right? We're going to heal ourselves from this, like this stress, this mythical thing that is, um, you know, destroying our lives. We just need to be less stressed. So if we just do all these time management hacks or brain hacks, or I don't know what the thing is of the day, like follow this template or this system, and then you'll have no stress. Um, uh-huh. I think, well, we've talked to this a lot. I think stress in some form will always be a part of our lives. And what we're yes. going for is more healthy stress, the level of stress that we could sustain that without borrowing from tomorrow and causing ourselves harm tomorrow. Because I think how it's changed for me, especially in the last little while, is just like thinking of stress. We told you this before, but gravity problems. So the gravity is something that it's reality. It exists. And it's a way to kind of reframe, I think, how I understand stress, my relationship with stress is to realize like, I can be mad about gravity, but it's not going to change. Nothing I'm going to do, no changes that I could enact in my life, um, no matter how hard I try to manifest it, is ever going to change gravity. And I think stress is much the same. Like it's going to be acting on me no matter how much I'm trying to rage against it. It's not about getting rid of it. It's about how can I dance with it, live with it, accept that it exists around me and learn to live with it in a way that's more well sustainable and healthy and that I can actually, you know, 
move through life while this force is acting on me. And so I think, yeah, I guess I've let go of the illusion or reframe the problem of stress to say like, it's not about healing myself from something that's causing me stress and anxiety. Um, it's about recognizing that stress is a natural physiological process that is going to happen. Even when I'm doing the things I love with the people that I love, like we were stressed about backbone. We were. Yeah. And at the same time, that's something I really wanted to do that I had so much yep. fun doing that it went well. And mm-hmm. still we were experiencing stress. So yep. would I wrap like the, the self-help lit something like just avoid all the things that cause you stress. Well, like then I wouldn't do the stuff that I want to do in the world. Then you probably wouldn't have kids because they're stressful too. It's not about or marriage. That's stressful. Everything is going to be potentially mm-hmm. stressful. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. We mean that we learn how to have like different capacity for stress, approach it differently, give ourselves more compassion, develop better tools, but it's not about like ridding ourselves of stress because that's yeah. actually not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I think about how in my life I can feel the most accomplished, successful, at peace and calm is when I start to get inside the mindset. And it's, I think this is a daily practice for me because I definitely wave between, but it's like, it's not a, it's not a one day. If I do all of these things, then I will be calm, grounded, yada, yada, yada. It's understanding that I have my tools, life is going to hit me how it's going to hit me. And I'm going to dance, you know, in, into some extreme stress and be able to come back out of it. It's like that knowing that this is going to end. This has a beginning and an end. And just that, that it's like that striving, just putting an end to that, that if I do this, then I will be Zen master, whatever. I love owning the fullness of my life, like the fullness with all of its highs and its lows. And I think to me, that feels like success. That feels like reality. It feels real. And I can, and I can be fully present in my current situation because I'm not like wanting to be something that's in the future. It's just um, maybe more about staying grounded if in the storm that's going on around you. It is the storm still going to happen. I don't know that we yeah, can it's stop being it. being able to like reattach yourself to your values, you know, coming into my closet, lying on my back, being like, bitch, what kind of mom you want to be? Like, I want to be this kind. I want to be somebody who shows confidence, but who's grounded. Okay. I'm going to redirect us with another question because I'm let's do it. Min- minimal level of authority today. And I'm going to abuse it. But <laughs> 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 so someone gets like assistant manager, they're technically to start abusing their power completely. Um, I'm trying, it, when it comes to, let's say when it comes to work or life, I guess, are there any sort of practices that you found that are, have been really sustainable 
to reduce the amount of stress or like ways of thinking about stress that have become more sustainable that you can like concrete things we could share that have worked for us um, to move through life or work. Yeah. One of them, I'm going to, I'm going to out both of us on this one is I, I really have like one or two outfits that I rotate throughout the week. I don't have a small child. If I had a small child, that would be different. They would be like barfing all over me. But it's like I generally will wear the same sweater and the same jeans for like one or two, sometimes three days. I don't care. I also don't go to an office. So there's some privilege in that. Um, But I just love not making decisions on like what I'm going to wear. And I find that really sustainable, not only just for my decision-making brain that's fatigued, but also for my laundry. I'm doing like two outfits, washing two outfits versus, you know, washing seven. That's one. How about let's, let's bounce this one back and forth. Let's okay. like now you go. Okay. So I am going to go macro on this one. So I think I've talked about before that I plan my day every single day and what I've started saying. Okay. So I think, cause I watched this like cheerleading documentary. Um, so I would say to Elise this morning, I was like, today is a full out, like full out, which means like, that's like when they're at the end of the season, they're going to do the whole routine from beginning to end at the same speed with the music on a stage. Some days are full out. Um, I really only get like one full out day a week that I can actually sustain. So I will acknowledge when the day is a full out day. Um, but I guess like what you see in the, the, these amazing documentaries, which again, I, I'm not qualified to make sports analogies. I think it's a sport. Um, they've had months of practice. They make mistakes. They have rehearsals. Like that's every other day of the week is before you have to leave it all on the floor. It's a culmination of like the, all the other days of practice, recalibration, taking breaks, and then you start again. So today is a full out day. I know that tomorrow will probably be a off season day where I have some things, I have commitments that I have to do, but I'm going to take a break from all the meetings and having everything back to back. That really only happens on Tuesdays and recording this on a Tuesday. Tuesday is usually full out. The other days are not as full out. So I think kind of thinking about your days, like if I have a full out day, tomorrow, I might not have as much energy to go full. And I can't, I don't want to, but the reality is you have to, you're going to have full out days. You're going to have days where it's like, it is the culmination of your season of rehearsals and practice. And you've got to show up. The lights are on and we perform. We do the best that we can. We show up, you're locked in, you're focused on delivering. And then there are going to be seasons where we're not crushing anymore (laughs) and they don't quite go as planned. uh, But we're kind of rewiring your brave thinking every day has to be like full out performance because it it can't it can't it can't I love that and if I can speak in you you're welcome to chop this out but as someone who coached you and saw you for the longest time go full out every mother trucking day like you were just on fire. It was like you lit, we would light yourself on fire and then, and then go until you were like crispy embers. And then be like, why? I always go back to like, why is my face paralyzed? Or (laughs) not my proudest moment. I'm so happy to hear this, you know, like this is the yes. This is the like, oh, yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, it didn't happen. It wasn't overnight for sure. It, 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 it takes a lot of, I would say, divesting from oppressive systems that exist in our world that will tell you that you are not good enough as we go back to your before, that you are not good enough that you're not trying hard enough um that if you just change your mindset or something that maybe you'd be able to go full out because you're an every single day yeah every day is the playoffs that's not it's not sustainable it's very harmful in a lot of ways to to all, to all of us that exist within the systems that we currently live in. Um, so I think it means divesting from that, which is very hard because society will tell you, go full out or you're not trying hard enough. Um, and the reality is, you know, you have to live your life. You're trying to build a life, not a career where you go full out um, every single day. You're trying to have a, a life at the end of the day. And I think it took me kind of breaking up with the idea that I wasn't going to be good enough or worthwhile or worthy of love or respect if I wasn't killing myself every day. Do you have any other concrete tips? We should still throw out a few more. Like, is there anything else around creating sustainability? Yeah. I was thinking about um, if you are someone who has a menstrual cycle, that I've been tracking my mental health on on a scale now, this may sound how like we're on a scale of one to 10 and every day I, I give myself a little dot, you know? So am I like, I'm rarely ever 10. Sometimes I get up to like an eight, you know, and just in terms of like, how's my mental health doing? And I also struggle with something called PMDD, premenstrual dysphoria disorder, kind of mimics like bipolar. And it hits me after I ovulate um, for the last 14 days of my cycle, give or take, I am medicated. For, I'm, I'm happily medicated for it. Um, but tracking that and being able to see, I've been doing it for two years now and being able to see this trend of when progesterone and estrogen is dipping in my body. So it'll take a deep dive right after ovulation, usually day 20, I call it my early 20s. So I know I'm going to get super low in my early 20s. Then I'm actually going to come back up a little bit right before I bleed, you know, on day 29, 30, 31, whatever. And I'll go back down kind of in terms of my mental health. And on those days, I go to my paper calendar and I write in, you know, no social obligations or like, I kind of like X myself out and I still, I've done it today. I have to go to a taco Tuesday, you know, with, with other mummies and, um, and Leo, because I said I would bring guacamole, but it's going to be short. It's going to be sweet. And I, I'm going to share, you know, that I am not like, don't feel really talkative. I don't, and these are people I feel comfortable with. So anyways, tracking my cycle has made my life so much more sustainable. I can tell Rich, hey, Aunt Flo's coming. I'm in my luteal phase. I act differently, but I set him up for it. So it's like, I, it's, I even tell Leo. Leo knows all about it. Um, and that just gives me more bandwidth. I... I I ask Rich for more help. I 
I try to put more supports in place for myself because I go super dark um, around those times. Sometimes it's worse than others. And um, that has definitely been very helpful. In the program, we talk about just checking in with what's going on. Instead of trying to like modify, like I need to change how I'm feeling. Because the reality is like PMDD is not something you could change or think your way out of. It's a, yeah. it's the reality is that's just your body. That's your brain. That's how you move through the world. So it's about checking in with yourself, knowing the days where you're going to feel that way, checking in with yourself in the morning and knowing like, okay, I know this is this part of my cycle. Or if you don't have a cycle, like I know, you know, where my sleep is at, how, if, how much water I've drank, if I've eaten or not, if I feel like I'm fully supported or if I feel like I'm alone in this, if I feel like there are so many demands on my day, or maybe I don't have as many, like understanding that without like judging it, just having a objective appraisal, like where am yeah. I at? Instead of getting into like, I need to judge this and put labels on what I'm experiencing. It's like, no, this is just the reality of today. This is, this is what my experience of today is likely going to be like. And like, what can I do for myself to make it easier to move through the world? What tools can I use to help myself? And I think that kind of like checking in and just building some awareness about what today has in store and what I actually have to meet that demand. And what can I do in the midst of that, that is sustainable for even that day. It doesn't be sustainable yeah. for like future generations. It could be what's sustainable in the context of today. Cause like, yeah. as we talk about a lot, like on the plane, you have different choices than I have in the tiny house um, with how we manage stress and what you could do to help support ourselves. So we could be feel fully resourced in those situations. So the context of your work, how you move through your day are really going to change all of those things, but it doesn't mean you can't do something. I mean, you have to just be creative about how you could support yourself and feel like you have the tools to feel grounded in the midst of whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. And so interesting since we made, so Ashley and I created a checklist around, yeah, hydration, sleep, um, and we use it in the workshop and it's such a powerful tool. The other day I was feeling like super down in the dumps. And in that moment, I was able to recall the checklist, go through it and be like, oh girl, boom, haven't slept, not feeling supported, haven't eaten breakfast yet, under caffeinated. Um, and I think it was the day that I had smacked my rear view mirror like in and it was shattered. So it's like, just got in an accident. So I'm in hyper arousal. It's like, of course, your capacity is like zero, babe. And in that moment, I was able to like notice it, like get become present and then actually feel better because I was like, huh, okay. So we're in the shitter. Like we're, we're, we're in it right now. Great. And then no, okay, I'm going to take a bunch of stuff off my plate. I'm not going to ask to go lead today. You know, there was like different stuff that I did to just take stuff off my plate. Cause mm -hmm. I know my company was zero. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm noticing. I think I mentioned at the top, my like ADHD management strategy of taking a break uh, every hour and then getting up and doing something. So I actually have to set the alarm every hour. Cause of course I have no, no illusions that I would know what time is going past. This is all the advice of a therapist to get up, set an alarm. I have to get up. And then when I start moving, as we often say, like you have to speak the language of the body in order 
to connect with what it's trying to tell you. So I find like through moving, I'm just doing like stretching or like mini weights or like bar Pilates for 10 minutes. Like I just find something on Peloton. Um, this is not a Peloton. It's not sponsored. I think that's obvious, but just in case you're wondering. Um, Peloton, if you do want to sponsor there. us, if you do want to sponsor us, we're, we're open to that. Um, but I'll just pick like a five to 10 minute, like low, non-sweaty activity on Peloton and do that. And I'm finding all of a sudden like, oh, I'm really thirsty. Like, oh, I'm so hungry, but I wasn't aware of it when I was in my focus. That being said, that could be like an eight. That's 100% a very common thing with ADHD is that you're just not tuning in because you're so hyper-focused. The Ferrari's going, I can't slow it down to like attend to other needs. But I think even if you did not have any neurospiciness, it'd be interesting just to stop work move around, do something to like move your body a little bit gently and then check in with like, how tired do I feel? How thirsty am I? Am I hungry? How am I feeling in this moment? Like how much stress does it feel like it's acting on me at this moment? We can notice it when we're speaking the language of the body. I don't always notice it when I am like fully trying to like focus on something. I'm just in my head trying to think my way out of being stressed or feeling overwhelmed. And what we, we know, what we teach is that you can't think your way out of stress. It's a, it's a physiological reaction. You need to uh, work with it at the level of the body physiology to be able to close the cycle. I love that. Enough. That yeah. is enough. This is talk about our workshops. This, we can decide that now we have recorded enough on that note. Um, so, we, I will drop a link in the show notes below because we are very excited to announce for those who are not in Ontario. Now you too will have a chance to attend a backbone workshop. We are bringing these international baby. It's virtual now. <laughs> um, so we have upcoming live workshops um, online throughout the rest of this year, uh, May 13th, September 23rd and December 2nd at 11 Eastern time, eight Pacific time and 3 PM GMT, if you're in Europe and you're fancy. Um, so lots of opportunities to attend virtually. This will be the same content that we delivered in person, but modified for a virtual format. And you will get access to tons of virtual tools to be able to support you um, throughout your experience of life and the world. And we also offer um, sustainable pricing for these, for folks to be able to choose um what type of an investment will be sustainable for you. So head on over to the link below um, and check out our upcoming virtual workshops if you're interested in attending. Yay! Thank you for listening today. We appreciate every one of you who comes into our space and chills out with us. This is a joy for us. Thank you for letting us in your ears. That sounded very dirty and I'm really sorry I didn't intend to run away I don't know that was cute you know what whatever you're into we're not here to judge there's no judgment no judgment (laughs) all right bye